Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Austin Rugby Podcast. Welcome back to the show. It's another week, another episode of exciting interviews and lots to talk about because we've got a lot going on. You know, last week, Dan Power and I, we we pushed to get Joe Rogan to become a, a major player for the AGs. And we're going to continue to push that until the cows come home for all that matters. But, you know, the world of rugby never sleeps and neither does any news coming out of Austin, as it seems. Uh, lots of excitement. We've got another jam-packed episode. So so let's dive right into it. First and foremost, I want to really give a shout out to Austin because probably making one of the biggest announcements in Major League Rugby before the announcements by the Dallas Jackals was the partnership with KXAN. That's right. Austin fans, all 16 matches, both home and away, will be on KXAN slash KBVO, which is their partner station as well. Really looking forward to that. It's going to be amazing for the Austin community just to get that television recognition. There's more coming out on that sponsorship working with KXAN. That'll be exciting as well. I think that this is a big thing for rugby. Everybody was talking about it, and we look forward to what that is going to do to bolster the support of the Gilgronies here in Austin. So stay tuned for more information on that. There's a lot of things going on. Coach Harris is going to be on studio 512. We'll post links to that in all of our social media. So, so stay tuned, looking forward to seeing what KXAN is going to produce for us because I hear there's even going to be a weekly show about the Gilgronies on there. So that too will be very exciting. So lots of good content coming, but we really want to talk about is the team. Last week, we talked about the re-signings in the back line. And this week, we're going to highlight the forward pack and our nines that we got returning. Starting off, I, I want to really touch base about those loose forwards. And of course, you know, to start off with, I want to talk about Dominic Bailey. You know, last season, you know, he was a regular player in 2019, right? So 258 or 458 minutes, excuse me, 458 minutes over 10 matches. Dom was a standout that year at, at, at flanker. Unfortunately, Dom suffered a knee injury right at the end of the season that put him on the, the reserves. And before COVID hit, Dom was working his way back into the team and really increased his physical presence. If you saw him at all, um, out on the field, if you see any of the posts he has now, you can see that he is really getting back to that fitness level um, that he had in 2019. If you want to know what kind of player he is, go back and watch the NOLA game. He's a powerful, fast runner and a really hard hitter, great at the breakdown. He had a 50-meter try that he scored against NOLA. He broke off two or three tackles. Um, I think it was one of the MLR tries of the year. Uh, if it wasn't, it should have been. Um, I really look forward to seeing Dom and, and what he's going to produce on the pitch in 2021. And, of course, speaking of Doms, which is really funny, we have another Dom. Um, the 2020 rookie sensation, my guest later on the podcast, Mr. Dom Aquina. Dom was a standout player at the Austin Combine in late 2019, which earned him that MLR contract. That happens when you really have a 38-inch vertical. You run a 4.3840 and just have a great physical presence and really just a good guy overall. So he's willing to learn. He's young. Um, you know, Dom played all 80 minutes of every single match for Austin in 2020. I do think he's the only player. He had a 99.2% tackle completion rate. Um, you know, he used that incredible vertical that he has to become really Austin's primary lineout target. He was targeted 19 times, four steals. Um, and, and we talked about it with Dan Power. The sky is really the limit for Dom Aquina. 
And I think that he has USA Eagle written all over it. I think because of the shortened 2020 season, if whatever that indication was in that season, he had a try against Rooney. That was really great. Um, just he has all the right tools. I think that the USA Eagles could be calling very soon for Domikina should things continue to go his way. You know, our, our list of loose forwards is not short. And of course, another one is tough as nails. And of course might be the toughest one and maybe he's the toughest Canadian and that's Mo Abdominant. Um, this is his third season with Austin and Mo is one of the best ball stealers in all of MLR. He's an aggressive tackler. He, he's a breakdown machine and he really, yeah, I think what was it last year? He had five steals um, in the, in the first couple matches or eight steals in the first couple of matches. Uh, he has, you know, 21 ball carries, uh, 48 tackles. Like, he was just on, all over the place. Mo has extremely fast feet and upper body strength that make him an opposing team's nightmare. I do think that the Canadian national call-up is right around the corner. I really do. Um, and I hope it is for Mo because his high level work rate are only matched by, you know, really by his calm and, and laid back demeanor off the pitch. So I'm very excited to see what Mo's going to do for Austin in 2021. Closing out the loose forwards is actually somebody who, didn't get a chance. He got zero minutes last season, of course, because he was injured. Um, that, of course, is the Lindenwood grad, Michael DeWall. Um, for those not familiar with Michael, you know, he's 6'3", 230 flanker who brings kind of an added power, right? So Dominic Bailey, Dom McKenna, and Mo are extremely fast. Big hitters, but Dom bring, or excuse me, but, but Michael DeWall brings kind of that, that that power that we need and depth for the team. And depth is really important in the flanker position because it's one of the most, it's one of the toughest positions on the on the field. DeWall was unfortunately injured preseason last year, left in a boot the entirety of that shortened 2020 season. So I think it's important to, you know, that we have Michael coming back. Um, I, I think that, I think he's got a ton of promise. And I think that, Coach Harris sees that, um, you know, the same promise. He's already talked to him, you know, a couple of times through the different uh, press releases that we've had about Michael DeWall. So I'm looking forward to it. If you've watched any of his matches at Lindenwood, you see the quality he brings to the organization. And again, that depth too. Uh, Michael rounds out those four returning loose forwards, which are going to be key for us. As we, as we move on, let's talk about some of our front rowers. And of course, our first guest today that we have coming up is none other than the hitman of MLR, Mason Peterson. Mason, like Zinni, like Zinzan, are the only two remaining players from the original from the inaugural season, the inaugural Austin team. And really actually they were both in part of the Huns D1 national championship team. So so Mason's received he received the moniker of the hitman after delivering uh, what we call the rugby hit heard around the world on Mr. Matthew Bastereau uh, of Rooney over there in the Las Vegas match. Mason's a standout player. Uh, he's as a front rower. He, he recently just got added to the USA player pool, um, which is really excited for him. Uh, uh, Dallin Stanford uh, basically said that he is, one of the guys to look out for, for the 2023 you know, USA Eagle World Cup team. So I'm excited to hear that. Um, I think just Mason is a key building block for the AGs. His size, his strength, his hitting ability. Um, you know, Coach Harris said it in 
in the podcast uh, for the MLR kickoff that Mason was one of the cornerstones of the team uh, that he wanted to make sure he got back. He's 23. He's young. He's a big guy. I think Mason is looking to help build Austin into that dominant team of the future. Next up, we have Kentucky's favorite son, Mr. Larome Light. Larome joined the AGs for his second season. Or no, third season, excuse me. Uh, after winning uh, the MLR Shield with Seattle in 2018, <laughs> Big Larome, you know, he led the AGs in tackle percentage made with a 99.5% tackle completion. And He's more than just big hits, right? So Larome, he's hardworking ball carrier. Uh, he will push and push for hard meters. There's a couple of tries that you can look back into that, you know, that 2019 season. Uh, Larome will work those extra, really small meters if need be. Um, solid front rower. He's trained under the beast in his, in his academy in South Africa. He's proving to be a cornerstone of the pack for next season. I really do see Larome constantly battling with Mason and Jamie McIntosh for that starting spot. I do think that they are going to, it's going to be a good battle and it's a good battle to have. It's important to have that high quality depth in the front row. Um, well, you know, speaking of, you know, Mr. McIntosh, we have coming back to us this season, WAPA, the big man coming back for another season with the AGs, former all black. Uh, I mean, Jamie is he's a stalwart of the game, right? Uh, he made an instant impact last year when joining when joining the team. When he returns, it will be more than just a player, but he's also going to be part of the coaching staff. Um, he's going to be the, the forwards coach as an assistant. So it's good to get his knowledge. Um, he's been around the game. He knows a ton. You know, Mason and and Larome have so much to learn from him. I think it's going to be extremely helpful for us too. He's a monster at loose head. He's 6'4", 290, uh, known for his scrummaging. I mean, he knows he's, you could see it in the Houston game. He, he, he's, he's a master of the dark arts <laughs> is, the, is the best way to put it. Um, led the team in ruck arrivals with 97, 97 ruck arrivals in just three matches. I mean, come on, Whopper in the squad is it's great, but I think in the back room is only going to strengthen the team. He's going to provide the power in the front row that we need, but be able to teach those dark arts uh, to the front young lower front rowers uh, who are a little bit younger, like the Roman Mason. So looking, looking forward to that. Of course, the, the last front rower we have coming back, I, th I think needs no introduction, right? Like at all, like he is Austin's source and maybe all of MLR source of energy and excitement. And he's none other than Mr. Br Mr. Brendan Rams. Ramsey comes back for his third season with Austin as well. Uh, he hasn't, he hasn't been a starter, right? He doesn't, he's the, he's one of the finishers. He puts in the hard work. He's a regular finisher to each game. Um, maybe it's because of his job as a personal trainer where he knows you got to put in the time. You got to put in the hard work and hard time to be successful. And he'll tell you that too. A lot, a whole lot. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't, but I, I don't know, but I do know. I do know what, what makes him that hard worker. And it's, you know, he's South African born. He gives it his all. He, he really wants to push you to the next level. He brings power. And I mean, power, um, to the team last year, he averaged five meters per carry. He had a 92% completion rate, but it's that energy and that that's associated with that power that Rams puts out that, that makes him not only an exciting player, but also a great person for the team. Um, nothing but positive things from, from Rams. If you follow him on social media, I, and I do recommend this. You should follow him if you don't already. Um, he might be the hardest working player in MLR right now. I, f I feel bad 
for the lads going into preseason. When you think that Rams is in probably mid-season shape, I think 1600 calories, he's averaging like 14 to 1600 calories per per workout. I mean, come on, Rams, really? Whew. I'm looking for big things for him this year. I think that's it's going to be fantastic. All right. So, enough of, you know, the the forwards, let's move on to, you know, part of the forward pack. I think it's important to to bring them into, you know, we've got our, our nines, nines are also important. And of course we're excited because we have two international nines coming back. First, we've got Samoan international Pele Cali. Um, it, really sad to see the year end last year so abruptly um, because Pele made an instant impact, right? He had one game against Houston. He led the team in tackles. He broke the gain line on every single run and he kicked for 166 meters. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Um, But I think what surprised me most was his instant ability to step in to play a whole 80 minutes in his first, first match and feel like he had been there the entire season. And, and that's, that was, it took me by surprise. I was really kind of shocked. Um, his command on the on the pitch was incredible, especially to close out the game. I think Pele brings that leadership and that, that you typically get from someone who's represented their nation, especially um, and, you know at fifteen times, and three of those were at a World Cup. So of course, you know he's going to have that experience and that knowledge. Speaking of international leadership, <laughs> the AGs re-signed Marcelo Torrealba for his third season as well. A lot of third seasons coming back. I like this. The Chilean scrum half led the team last year in points with 28. He was 13 of 14 out of his goal kicking. Really, Marcelo, if you've watched Austin at all, you know Marcelo is a sniping runner. He, you know, He's quick-footed. He's got a solid pass from the base. You see this every other game where he takes off for a quick tap for 20 to 30 meters and links up with at least a wing or one of the centers, you know, for an offload. Um, I, I think Marcelo has something special. He was able to play for Chile down at the Sudamerica uh, four nations that just came off a, a couple months ago. Um, unfortunately, he, uh, Chile was just a penalty kick short of winning against the tar- winning the tournament against uh, the Argentine 15. Um, Marcelo has really grown in maturity. That's the one thing I've seen from the three years is Marcelo has grown in maturity on the field as a commander since he arrived. Um, I think that he and Pele will really push each other to be better as, as they battle for that number nine. There's no doubt about it. They're, they're two guys that are going to go, go at it constantly. Um, but they have strong leadership. And I think that's, that's kind of the exciting part of, of watching them kind of come together, um, watching those two guys go at it. So um, there we go. All the re-signings. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting, man. I, I don't know. There's so we, if we total it up, we've got five in the back and we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So we got 15 coming back ballpark ish. I think it's the right number. My, my math may be off today. I forgot how to count. Um, in the coming weeks, we're, we're really going to look at the new signings because man, we've got a ton of new signings. Uh, it, it's exciting. If you're not excited for, for the team, I don't, I don't know what you're thinking really uh, be excited. Cause I think that the guys coming in, coming back, are really going to help the guys coming in because we want to build that culture. There were a lot of, a lot of turnover the first couple seasons between you know, those coming back. We talk about it only Mason and Zenny are the only two that have actually been around since the beginning. Hopefully, you know, hopefully they can build the new breed of guys coming through and, and for a long term, like more than just one year, 
we don't want the one and done. So that's what we got. All the re-signings from the AGs for 2021. Stick around. Uh, right after the short break, we'll sit down with two of the returning players, which we told you about. Mason Peterson, Dom Aquina. Looking forward to chatting with those guys. You've tuned in to the Austin Rugby Podcast. <laughs> Today's podcast is no stranger to the Austin rugby scene. He's been around. Well, actually, he and one other person have been around since the beginning. Actually, since back technically in the Huns days or the uh, the Huns elite days when they won the national championship. I'd like to welcome to the f- podcast for the first time, which is pretty sad because it has been three years. The first time onto the podcast, Mr. Mason Peterson. Mason, how's it going, man? going well it's been a nice day it's nice and sunny outside can't complain yeah no we're, we were we're out of the snow that was here was it last week or so and you know in, into some little nicer weather so we had we had our one one to three days of winter right yeah um <laughs> it's pretty fun it's nice that it wasn't on a day that we needed to be outside so <laughs> we got outside on saturday and then snow came on sunday and then monday was all gone so yeah. can't complain Awesome. Hey, so um, we we talked about it offline for a second there, and I did just mention it. Uh, it has been uh, four years, right? Four years that you've been in Austin, or were you in Austin before that? Before that, for that Huns Elite team that won the national championship? No, it was it's four years, almost to the week wow. right now. So January of 2017. So yeah. And yep. and the changes that you've seen in four years with the Austin professional side. Do you want to kind of go through that in about two minutes? <laughs> oh, two minutes short time. No, um, <laughs> just yeah, kidding. There's man. been a there's been a a lot of a lot of change between personnel, either front office, owners, um, coaches, staff, everything, players, all the way down to the bone. So from where we train to what we have now to where we even play. It's been three venues, not four, four venues, four venues. Yeah. Um, yeah. And almost a backtrack and then fourth venue. So yeah, um, it's been crazy. It's been fun to watch. We started out at with the Huns back at Nixon lane and then moved in to with the elite. Still training out there, but playing yeah. up in round rock at the multi-purpose complex and, kind of taking that massive step the next year and getting on a facility and moving into Dell Diamond, which was a cool place to play, but kind of weird and quirky and, and not the easiest visually or, <laughs> or best for actual rugby, but, but it was kind of cool to take the next step up. The, the staff was first class and there and the whole facility was the grass down to the people who ran the locker room. Yeah. Um, so, and then kind of to take that next step in with Gilly coming on board and and bringing some capital and moving us down to Coda. And yeah, it's been a wild ride. And to see some of the people coming back now kind of shows you how far we've come. Yeah. Guys leave and come back. It's a, it's a pretty special place to be. Yeah. So exactly. I think that you'll see that this year. There's multiple boys coming back. So that's definitely a positive. So. Yes, me and Denny are the only two left from the first year, <laughs> or from the from the beginning. From the beginning, 
in, in essence, we've been through it all, but there is guys coming back that have been gone for a couple of years, which will be kind of fun. Now, now you said guys, we know one and Patty Ryan, are you saying there's others that are coming back that are, are you going to get in trouble mm, now? Uh, no, <laughs> I think that you'll, we'll see what happens. And then definitely think that there's stuff to come along the way and I'm not spilling any beans. <laughs> you you don't want to be that that guy, right? <laughs> no, definitely not. I'm not I, I, I know a couple of people in the social media department that may have uh, may have something to say about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not the most filtered person, so they know that. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, so it, it's been right. So uh, you've you've had a you've had a pretty great career. I mean, you. You've been around. I mean, you were around in, in pro rugby a little bit too with San Diego when you were younger, correct? Yeah. You you've kind of worked yeah. your way all the yeah. way around. I mean, from an early age, you were you know uh, uh, under under nineteen or under twenty USA Eagles. Under twenty. Under under twenty. Yeah. I, I can't. I can never remember if it's nineteen yeah. or twenty. So under twenty USA Eagles. You've been part of pro rugby. You've been you've won a national championship with you know with, with the Huns, and then four years. Like that's a lot of you you're a pretty young guy still i mean you know for for the most yeah. part you're what 24 yeah i just turned 24 in september 24 so. congratulations yeah, 24. on oh you're young uh <laughs> so you're 24 but you've done a lot do, do you feel like you are now like a seasoned veteran do, do you feel like you know you're, you've got jamie mcintosh whopper up there who's, who's had a few more games than you have but still like you're one of the most seasoned players in in the league when it comes to especially the proposition yeah, like it's definitely been a, a wild ride. Um, I think that I got set up luckily enough that I had a, a good core rugby upbringing in the same sense. Like I didn't start till high school, but my first coach was Gavin Hickey, mm-hmm. who is now the coach at Navy. And then Ray Egan took over, who was, the head co- was my head coach in San Diego. So those are my two first coaches in high school. So to just start with that is is massive compared to most kids in America. Um, definitely getting first class coaching straight from the beginning. So, but no, I definitely feel like it's been a while now. It's going on year six of just playing rugby. Um, definitely can't complain. I'm lucky, lucky enough to be there. Like definitely came through at the right time. Yeah. I remember getting off the plane in Atlanta from Zimbabwe with the U twenties and getting a message. If I wanted to go play pro rugby, um, landed in Arizona, took my finals. The next day and the next day I packed up my stuff and was on the plane to San, Di- San Francisco to play a game. So yeah, it all happened real fast. Um, and sometimes we, I could take a look back at it and be like, dang, it's, it's been a while now. Yeah. Um, but, but definitely a good ride. I have the best job in the world. I can't complain. <laughs> was there any, you know, when you were coming off of that, uh, that championship in Zimbabwe, um, as you got, as you were playing there and getting ready to go, was there any like hope to go play premiership, go try to play in, you know, Southern hemisphere or anywhere else? Like just to, you know, we'll just say anywhere in Europe really to play rugby. Cause at that time, you know, there was nothing you know, before, before pro rugby, you know, lasted that, that first year, there was nothing in the U S I mean, you know, the, the premiership of the U S at that particular time, but that was the highest level. Was there any drive or any, um, any consideration to go play over overseas? Yeah, that's, that's ultimately still the goal. Um, I definitely, I went to school earlier on that year in 2016. I went and did a, or I guess 2015, 
I went to Leicester and did a semester out there, and that was quite cool. Nice. I got to live in a big rugby city and kind of see it from the ground up. No, um, that was always not, a not a bad rugby city either. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Um, I used to have a Danish passport as well, so it was definitely the goal. Yeah. Um, so it's still the goal. It's definitely still the goal to get overseas, but yeah. now it's a little bit not as time sensitive. It's yeah. when the right opportunity comes, if the right opportunity comes. Whereas back in the day, that was your, you go to Europe. That was yeah. the goal for every young American. Yes, I wanted to, I didn't think, I would thought I would be in school until I graduated and then kind of go through the club rank and then try to get overseas or whatever, or try to do as much as possible to get a academy contract or, or so often. But yeah. obviously got thrown right into the fire as a 19 year old playing for rugby. So that was a good start for me. That competition was still very high level. Um, yeah. I think people forget that. Um, it, that year was a very, I, I know, a very it, good year of rugby. Yeah, I mean, yes, it did go defunct, and there were all kinds of issues, right? but it was still high quality rugby. It wasn't like we, you know, it wasn't like you're just throwing a bunch of guys on a field and just hoping for the best. Like there was, there's, there's still a lot of people who are currently playing in MLR and around around the world who played in pro yeah. rugby that year. Now, Grant, there's probably more that aren't, but still, there's there's still that that amount, that, that quarter group of guys that were playing on the team. So it's not like it was terrible rugby. That's what I think people forget about is that quality level that you were talking about there. So, nice. Yeah, and I, I definitely got thrown straight into the fire. Um, <laughs> definitely. And I, being a couple, couple being days. 19 years old, yeah, being 19 years old, you you don't know what it really is. I never played against men before. Like, it's a whole, it was a whole different thing. Um, I've always tried to be physical. So like that was probably my saving grace in the end of the day. Like I'm pretty reckless with my body. So it's probably my saving grace come then <laughs> that I was just trying to do as much as possible and throw my body around as much as I could. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking, and I was just, speaking of throwing your body around, um, you've become pretty, f uh, we'll call it social media famous. Um, because, for you throwing your body around and some of the big hits that you've had in the past couple of seasons. Uh, actually, uh, Mr. Uh, Dan Power on, on the previous episode talked about Mr. Bastero and the hit that we had that, well, he called it the hit that shook the, shook the rugby world and <laughs> the hit heard around the world. And, you know, that and the hit you had against Houston. I mean, those that instant highlight reel. Is that where the, uh, the nickname, uh, the Hitman came about? Well, it's not me that named it. So, um, <laughs> okay. I, I, I hope you wouldn't nickname yourself. Like that's the, <laughs> I, I woke up to and um, kind of stuck around our, obviously our socials definitely, but um, no, I've always liked to hit. Um, I've always wanted a target on my back. I've always wanted to be the guy that steps up and goes after the biggest person. And it's not going to change this year or next year or the year after that, that's always going to be who I am. Yeah. Um, going into the week, I always said I wanted to step up. I was in the, a prop in the back line of the line out. Like I always wanted to be manned up on him. That was always the goal. Yeah. Um, I wanted to put myself in the position. I always will want to put myself in the position, the bigger the name, the person who probably I want to go after the most. Yeah. Um, that's just always who I am. I'm not going to back down just because I'm a, American uh, or I'm a prop <laughs> or anything like that. So I like to get in niggles. I like to be physical. I like to 
go after people, obviously in a safe way. I don't want to be getting any red cards or yellow cards or anything, but yeah, but that's always the goal. I want to be physical and that's what I want to bring to the game. That's awesome. What what was it like? You know, obviously everybody saw the hit on Bastro. Like that was just, it was a highlight reel hit for sure. Um, he came out afterwards and he said, yeah, you, you, you rocked him. What was it like to have somebody, you know, you played against a lot of, you know, a lot of big players and you played against some, some very well-known and very reputable players. What was it like to have somebody like from his status of, of, of Bastro status kind of compliment you and, you know, say how, you know, that it was a big hit and that, that was something that made an impact on him. Yeah. Well, I talked to him after the game for a second. Very nice guy. Yeah. Very humble. Um, ultimately I keep myself to high standard. So those are the guys I want to be playing with week in and week out. That's the goal. Um, so ultimately, yeah, it's good, but ultimately I expected myself to do that. It wasn't like a surprise <laughs> to me where it was a surprise to other people. Um, I went into the week wanting to do that. Yeah. It wasn't going to, it wasn't a surprise. I talked that through ultimately, I wish it wasn't. I wish we could have got a penalty out of it the other way, but yeah. other stuff happened. But, <laughs> so, but no, I like, I like to talk that stuff into existence and I, I want to do that. So it wasn't a surprise to me or anybody close to the team that it happened. Um, probably more overseas than anything. So <laughs> hopefully just keep on doing that and making a name for yourself. That's just the goal. Obviously you want to always make a name for yourself. And I think that, doing stuff like that helps but yeah ultimately i just want to be a rugby player and be well respected around the league and then hopefully get higher honors and move on somewhere else well after yeah i i definitely agree and of course those of us that have watched you play the past couple years here in austin you know we we know that quality of play we know that standard that you set yourself to And, and you know you said you want to be a better rugby player you want to move on you want to continue to progress and you know recently you've actually been recognized and been, you know, uh, we'll call it moved up to that next echelon and, and being selected for the the player pool for USA Eagles. Uh, and even this week, I believe there was an article that came out that had, you know, uh, for the forwards for, you know, you on world rugby, I think there, that was where the article was, was, you know, the, the next uh, generation of Americans that are going to come through and talk about the forward pack. And you had Honko who, you know, former Austin player. And then of course they had you on there as, you know, the next generation of the, you know, in the forward pack that's going to come in and make that impact. What is that like to now have that kind of, uh, you are, you're getting that recognition, you're, you're moving up, you're, you're trying to get to that goal, your goal of, of being a USA Eagle and playing in a world cup in three years. Yeah. Um, that's, that's the goal. You said it right there to play in the world cup. I think that's every player's goal. It should be. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing for me is I've, Yes, it's exciting to be getting some recognition and be in the pool and and be announced with those guys and stuff like that. But ultimately, the goal is to get capped. And until then, I'm going to keep working. I've been close before. I've been playing A-side. Injuries happened. I've been close and sort of taste some success just to kind of take years off again. So I don't want to take it for granted necessarily, but there's still a lot of work to be done. Um, there's still a lot of guys in the position in the country that are doing well. There's one guy playing overseas that's doing really well. So the yeah. goal is to just keep on getting better and, and tightening up those things and doing what the coaches want to get capped. And then ultimately taking that cap in 
and turning it into multiples and going to World Cup. That's yeah, that's the goal. Yeah, I mean the past couple of seasons, uh, you know, we haven't really had uh, what I call like a four, like a true forwards coach. You now have Jamie McIntosh coming back, who's lining up on the other side, you know, of of that front row. Um, with you, or at least did for the last couple of games this season. Um, what's it like to learn from Jamie and uh, in, in his experience and, and what is his kind of involvement? How has it helped you become a better player? Well, Jamie's a true professional, like in, in everything he does, you'll see him, he writes down notes, he gets on the bike, like he does all the little things, right? So I think that's something that a lot of us can take from him, especially in the Ford pack um he's been there done that he's played for the biggest teams in the world he's played in heineken cup he's played in in top 14 he's played in super rugby so every little thing he says is is gold um i think just listening ultimately and learning from him is the best way and also i get to go against him every once in a while so that's obviously huge in that sense and just keep keep working with him and hopefully obviously we win together and also he helps me get better as a player. He's, he's got knowledge. He's been with the best coaches in the world. Um, so ultimately that's the goal is just to, to take his knowledge and, and ha- hopefully take it in and use it on the field. Yeah. That's, that's, that's great to hear. And of course, when, when it was announced that he's coming back in, in that kind of player coach role, it was really exciting. I mean, I'm, talked about it on the podcast last week, really, really excited about not just the re-signings, um, but the new signings and kind of the depth that we have now. Like there's a, there's a depth that we haven't had in the past couple of years. And, you know, you've been a part of it and you know that scrambling at the last minute to try to find some guys to come in and season two. And then, you know, last year, you know, waiting on visas and things like that. So it's great to hear that people are re-signing and people are joining the club, you know, early as you guys are, you know, this week, everybody comes in. Is that right? Um, well, hopefully everybody will be in hopefully, by yeah. the end of the week. F- fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, our, I think the end of next week, actually. Next so, week. But boys are coming in and, and they're, and they're obviously, especially with these times, they're quarantining and stuff and yeah. getting tests done. So we're definitely being safe there, but it is exciting. I think that's been a, a big problem. And I've voiced that a couple of times in the past that us doing preseason as 15, 20, isn't going to win an MLR championship. You're, you're just not going to get to the level you need to. Um, and it ultimately is guys working harder than other guys and not of their own fault, just because they can't get in visa wise lawyers, papers, you know, it's not, you can't necessarily put on them, but it wasn't good for the team culture guys showing up a week before we play games, guys showing up mid season. There'll still be guys that maybe show up, week two, three, four, but the core yep. squad will be here. The core 30 of us, 35 of us will be here. Yeah. And I think ultimately that is so much better. And our coaches are here. Oh yeah. They're young, energetic guys that are best friends. So ultimately we're one big family this year. And I think that that's a big thing that we're trying to push. And, and I think that that's what's going to push us pretty far. Yeah. I think we have good depth, good squad but that's ultimately what's going to win a championship. Mason, I appreciate the segue lead in that you had there about, you know, talking about the coaching staff in, in this year, because that was actually my next question. Obviously, you know, you've been here from the start. There's been ups and downs with coaching with all kinds of things going on in the, in the back room, but it, it seems as though since, you know, 
uh, since it's been per- the team has been purchased in the last year and the changes that happened pretty quickly. Um, you know, there was kind of a lull air, a lull time last season. It was kind of like, Oh, throwing things together at the last minute, trying to get everybody in. But this season there's been, at least from the outside, there's been organization. You've had these amazing coaches come in, walk me through kind of your, your feelings and how it's been, because obviously you could have had the opportunity to go play for LA this year. Um, you know, it, it existed. It's going back home to playing Cal- You're from California. Um, what's it been like to actually see the change from season one to now and what's going on with, you know, Sam and Mark and everybody that's coming into the organization to help build a better family, you know, family uh, team, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. So ultimately there's definitely unfinished business for me here. I've been here from the beginning, as you stated earlier on the podcast, Um, I've seen everything. So it'd be harsh to leave now when everything is really starting to kick up and and we go from a, a team that is looked at as oh can we target this game this game too now we're the ones that are every game we're the target so yeah i think that that's the culture that we need to instill and i think that sam and mark are unbelievable they're very professional mark's two years out removed from playing rugby he's still fresh there like he's definitely been there done that he played for 15, 16, I don't know, even longer than that years yeah. of professional rugby. He knows, he knows what the standard is. Same with Sam. They know the standard. Um, that's the ultimate goal is just to have a high standard. And I think that's player driven, but also coach driven for in sure. the same sense. It's, it's coach from the beginning. It's them doing their job yeah. and the players also policing themselves. And then that ultimately brings a family. So if you respect one another, and we love each other, then I think that ultimately that comes onto the field. You want to play for the person next to you. So that's what we're trying to build. I think that we've shared stories with each other and we're already pretty close and we haven't even seen each other on the field yet. So yeah. that's a, that's a step in the right direction. Do you think, I do think you think that, COVID has helped that? Do you think kind of having those intimate, you know, as we talked with Christian about it, having those intimate zoom calls where you're meeting everybody and kind of just sharing about who you are and, and life and stuff. Do you think that's helped um, more than in previous seasons and actually being together? Well, I think that it's helped, but I think it's ultimately it was Sam and Mark that I think they would have done it COVID or not. Yeah. I think that was, that's a big thing for them. So I think that that's what they wanted to get done first. They wanted everybody to know everybody deep down, not just on the outside, but also on the inside. So I think that they would have done that probably day one, but because of COVID, it's got us a good start and zoom has become a much bigger thing. So it's been become much easier to do. And I think that now day one, we already know each other. Yeah, It's not showing up and meeting people, handshaking new guys. It's, it's, oh, I've met you on Zoom. Now I'm meeting you in person. Now let's get to the job. Yeah. And that, and ultimately, that's what it is. It's a job and and it's a fun job at that, but it's a it's a job. Mm. That's good. good. Good to hear. And I think that that's, you know, I'm, I'm excited for the season. And I, you know, I know everybody else is, is definitely excited for the season. I'm glad to hear that you are as well. Um, lo- looking, looking ahead, I'm going to, I'm going to throw some questions at you. Some, you know, Okay. N- nothing, you know, too crazy, but I'm j- just curious with a l- little rapid fire action. Um, besides Zenny, since you've been roommates with Zenny and you've been playing with Zenny for four years, who's been your, one of your favorite players to on the team to play with, whether it's because he's in the, in the back in the, in the kit room, I mean the back room or whether or not it's on the field, who's been, who's been your, one of your favorite players to play with. 
Th- sh- showing showing favorites, like, and so I don't know if you want to show favorites. <laughs> well, like me and Wap are pretty close. We got pretty close last year. There's there's a bunch of guys. Um, anybody that's been here from the beginning, me and Patty have a good relationship. Yep. Um, like we had good fun. We've played against each other, played with each other. Um, yeah, I think that ultimately in the back line, Willie McGee's a little bit of a character. We yeah. play, we have fun. We play golf. Like. Definitely brought some good to the team. Um, there's a bunch of guys. Me and Christian actually on A side tour, we were roommates, so okay. we go way back as well. Oh, nice. Weirdly enough, so yeah. <laughs> what, what are the odds, um, right? Yeah, exactly. Like he told me he's from Austin. I didn't even yeah. before that. Yeah, I like, really, where's Austin? I knew of Austin, <laughs> but like I never thought in a, a million years I'd be living here. So yeah. playing rugby, so. So yeah, it's kind of cool to see him come home because every time he's come home, I've hung out with him, and and now that he's playing with us, it's a it's a pretty cool opportunity for us. Um, who else? Yeah, I think that I think as a group of boys, we're gonna have a lot of fun. There's a lot of a lot of flavor, a lot a lot of different countries, a lot of different people that come from different backgrounds. And you always got and you've got Ramsey too. So you know, he's he's just yeah, he's, well, he's, he's always just, a character. Yeah. Well, everybody in Austin that knows Ramsey knows that. That's not a big surprise. He's, he's been around the scene for a long time in this city. So yeah, he'll be on the podcast next week. So that'll be a. I, I may just dedicate a uh, whole hour talking to him. So well, if you watch his social media, um, it's, it's a very fun little watch. Yeah, here, it's very amusing. Here you go. Is your training regiment up to that of Brendan Rams? <laughs> I do not burn. 1600 calories. I've never seen somebody burn 1600 calories in a workout, but I don't, I don't think, know what he's doing. I don't think it's really him. I'll stick to the plan, <laughs> stick to the plan that I'm given. And that's kind go. of where I'm at. There you go. I do what's old. And there's a reason why there's professionals that give us workouts and I'm the player. So, <laughs> so, so we talked about people you, you played with. Um, think about throughout history, who's a player that you would have loved to scrum down against? Like who's somebody that you have it like, man, just would have been great just to, you know, on, on that engage, you know, you go, yeah, I really just want to go head to head with that guy that maybe you never got the chance to, or maybe you have, and you know, who's been your favorite person ever to scrum down against and who's one that you wish you would have gotten the chance to. Well, weirdly enough, like the beast was going to be a very oh, exciting opportunity. God. He ended up not playing this I last know. year. We played them. So <laughs> it's a, it's a funny little thing that like, that was, kind of disappointing in the sense I was really looking forward to the challenge. Um, I think that a lot of young tight heads would love to go against him. Yeah. You literally saw him months before he was playing in a world cup final. So lifting the world cup final. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Weirdly enough, when I was a young kid, I scrummed I went against Whopper in pro rugby (laughs) and we got in a big fight and split my head open so it's kind of a funny little story that we're now teammates and stuff so so yeah more serendipitous stuff yeah (laughs) so yeah i just uh i ultimately think that like i wish i would have got the opportunity last year that would have been fun he's gone from the league now so but another guy maybe joe moody yeah. For some reason he's always seemed like a a guy that just does his job and and he's kind of he just goes about his business and latest, that's a guy that I would like to look. 
latest international rumors is, he, is, is he's he's backing out maybe backing out of his contract and so maybe who knows maybe we'll see him in, in the mlr sometime soon how great would that be <laughs> hopefully i think that that'd be awesome the bigger names that come i think the better yeah, uh, jo- well, so, yeah so M- moody and maller i've heard maller or jo- joe maller like that would be no 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 Oh, that'd be cool. I think that he's a character in himself. He's yeah, definitely Joe, a character. Joe, Joe Maller yeah. for sure is definitely, and maybe it was, maybe I thought I saw Moody was like, he was going to try to get a new contract somewhere else, but maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> maybe France makes some money. Yeah, Japan, exactly. yeah. you know, Japan's where a lot of people are going to Japan. So, yeah. So, well, it's, you very, know, a very nice season. Yeah, exactly. Um, right. You know, the 2021 season where we're, we're a couple months away any any kind of parting last thoughts about you know how you think the season's going to turn out i think that people are going to be surprised obviously there's been a lot of talk about us this off season a lot about our name a lot about who we are what we're doing um i think ultimately you win games people forget about the little stuff yeah they want to see exciting brand of rugby and i think that's what we're going to bring i think we're going to play some some very fast pace rugby and hopefully throw some big hits in there and and do all the basics right i think that that's where it starts and definitely going to be fun to watch i think that we're going to win some games and hopefully it leads to us lifting the shield at the end of the year that's that's the goal i think it went from winning some games last year to now we got a target on our back and we want to win the shield yeah that's it i would love nothing more than that as everybody else would so we can just put it right there in everyone's face. So. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. We, we, we greatly appreciate you jumping on the podcast for the first time in four years. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, make, we'll make sure there's, there's less time in between uh, your, your next appearances. Um, you know, Mason greatly appreciate it. We're glad to see you coming back for another season. Glad that you're getting the recognition for the USA Eagles and getting into the player pool. And hopefully we can, uh, you can be an Austin player when you recognize that, that dream of, of getting that, that cap and, and getting into that world cup with the Eagles. Yep. That's the goal. I, I appreciate you having on. It's been a fun time. I think that hopefully people listen to it and, and learn a lot from this and, and kind of watch us this season. I think that we're going to have a fun season and come out Dakota for sure. Absolutely. Our very own Mason, I'm going to call him very own because he's been here long enough that, you know, he can claim being an Austin Eye. Our very own Mason Peterson. Mason, thanks for joining us, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. For my next guest on the podcast, last year he was probably... I think it was going to be probably the rookie of the year, the MLR breakout player of the year. Uh, one of the most exciting players, I think, in MLR right now. Uh, really excited he plays for us and not for somebody else. And of course, you know, I, I think it's going to be, we talked about it a little bit earlier, and then the forwards pack uh, with all the loose forwards that we have, he could be, you know, one of those guys that really shines this year. So I'm really excited to have him on the podcast. I'd like to welcome back for the second time in two days because of technical difficulties, Dom Akina. Dom, what's going on, man? <laughs> hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yesterday we, we started recording and we got about four minutes in and then Dom's <laughs> AOL dial-up decided to give out. <laughs> <laughs> but, we're, but we're good now, right? We're all, we, we have internet provided by an unnamed source. 
since we don't want to promote anybody's business. <laughs> yeah, we got the we got the Wi-Fi now. We good. We got the Wi-Fi now. <clears throat> we're, we're good. We're good to play Call of Duty and you know sit on a podcast and record for a couple minutes. <laughs> so Dom, it's you know I talked, I alluded to it earlier in the podcast. We talked about it with uh, Dan Power last week. You kind of came out of nowhere last year, which is exciting, right? Um, give us the the journey, right? where you started, where you started playing rugby all the way up to just right before the combine at the end of 2019. Yeah. Um, I started in Western Oregon back in 2012. Uh, honestly, it was just one of those things where one of our friends was actually like, we're a D one athlete. Cause at the time rugby was D one and football at a college was D two. Oh, he was like, yeah, he was, I'm a D1 athlete, you know, I'm, I'm better than you. And I was like, man. So, so me and a couple of the football players went out just to say we were a, a D1 athlete. So we went out, played a game. And that first game I had a, the first time I touched the ball <clears throat> was actually an 85 meter try. And like oh. after that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So after that, I was, I was in love with the game after that. Well, I mean, but, you you play you play defense in, in football, right? You were a free free safety yeah. or I was a corner cornerback, corner. And so, yeah. obviously, you don't get to touch the ball that often, right? Yeah. <laughs> or ever. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you're the one making hits, and you're not the ones breaking away for 80 meters or whatnot. Yeah, we're always on the you know the outside one on ones the whole time. So, yeah, anytime I could get my hands on the ball, <laughs> oh, I'm taking it. It's a golden moment, right? Yeah. So, so what was it? I mean, I guess what's that feeling like? The, the you know, to switch, to go to a different sport and go, Oh man, I can, I can touch the ball. It's a completely different style of play. It's, I mean, we all know that the physicality is completely different than, you know, than American football. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was controversy though with my football coach. He didn't want me to play rugby. He mm. just wanted me to strictly stay to football, but I kept, I kept going talking to him, talking to him and just like throwing hints out there about rugby and stuff. Like it would make me a better tackler and ball running and all this. Yeah. At the time, I, I, I didn't know anything about rugby. I was just trying to throw anything out there so he could let me play. But sometimes we would have to like, just be like, uh, yeah, coach, uh, we have nothing going on. And then go, going on to go the team play. to go play. <laughs> Man. So we <laughs> Some people call that moonlighting in the business world where you work one job in the daytime and another one at night. So you don't want anybody yeah. to know about it. So. <laughs> but he ended up finding out and we, we had a talk and then, yeah. Um, was he okay with it? Where I could play. Yeah, it ended up right. working out where I could play rugby. But it was one of those things like, well, you know, if you get hurt, you ain't trouble. Gonna affect your, yeah. <laughs> so, but I didn't get, obviously I didn't get any hurt um, or get hurt in rugby other yeah. than football. That's a whole different story. I had two knee surgeries. On that. Everybody's like, oh man, rugby is so much tougher. You get hurt so much more. It's like, no, like I, I played American yeah. football. You play like you get hurt way more in football than you do in rugby. <laughs> yeah, you could just go for ankle tackles and all that. Right. Yeah. And just. Hey man, that's, there's, there's a reason why top college programs now are getting rugby teams to come teach them how to tackle. So just, mm -hmm. just throwing that out there for anybody. <laughs> well, even NFL, I think yeah. it was Harbaugh that took them out. Yeah. To, it was to Mi Michigan rugby and tackling. Right. Yeah. As a Michigan. Yeah, so, yeah, no, I totally agree. So, okay. So you're at Western Oregon, you're playing football, you're playing rugby, you're dual sport athlete, a D one and D two <laughs> athlete, which is very, <laughs> so take me into 
after that, right? So, you know, the, the prospects of playing football, you know, weren't there for you, but you saw opportunities with rugby. What happened after that? Like after college days? Uh, yeah, so I ended up playing for Coach Tyson, James Tyson, mm-hmm. um, for the Willamette Valley Sharks down in uh, Salem, Oregon. And so I ended up playing with their sevens team. It was my first year. I think they were like two or three years in. Yeah. So I just came on the last year. Um, ended up playing with them. He taught me some stuff. And then we would play uh, teams like the WAC, the Washington Athletic Club, and yeah. the Ronins. Um, we even played when they had the Saracens. Oh, yeah, yeah. I played against them when... Um, I think in like 2015, mm-hmm. I, I played with them or against them, but, uh, playing those teams, there was a lot of, you know, a lot of people looking in like, cause it was a lot of top, top recruits there and yeah. they would always go to the championship and, and all this. So there was a lot of eyes, but there wasn't eyes really on our team. I mean, we were just like a up and coming team, um, yeah. still developing, but got some looks and then coach Tyson, um, they reached out to, to, uh, Austin, to Todd Clever and, and Drew, and then they ended up emailing me about a, a combine that they had and I should come out at the, um, and try to showcase what I got, but it was a tough decision because at the time I was just working at a, at a good job yeah, back up in Oregon, but it was tough because I didn't know if I could take time off and the, the flights last minute was just, Oh, the last yeah. minute flights are always expensive no matter where like, so, we go nowhere. And it's like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I was put in a tough decision there, but I mean, it all worked out. I mean, it, it all, it all worked out and you became, you know, th- through the different channels, people started hearing about this, this guy with this amazing vertical and, <laughs> and we talked about it briefly yesterday before we started recording is like i gotta find the video i did find the video which you actually have never seen so we're actually going to show this right now so sorry for those listening (laughs) Uh, if you're listening to the podcast go to the youtube channel uh austin rugby supporters and you can watch this video we'll have it up there but here's here's the video of dom jumping in his very first attempt so if you can if you can see here right so Corey jones is in the back over here you're getting ready to jump of course i love putting a super slow-mo watch his hand it is over the damn top of the things. <laughs> so super, super slow-mo. And in the back, you watch Corey just take this stick and throw it. You're like, man, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I thought that that was really great. Uh, the other one is we were actually looking at your, your 40 time too. Uh, and so we have this one where I was running next to you. And I couldn't even keep up and how fast. So 43840. Right, four, three, eight, forty, and a thirty-eight inch vertical. <laughs> Come on, man, that's not even fair. Like that's not even fair. <sighs> so uh, anyway, th- those those two things, which you've seen for the first time, uh, <laughs> what was you know obviously how fast was it? Was it literally right after you jumped that you got a contract signed, or was it a couple of days? <laughs> You also, you also had the best Bronco time too. Like, come and that's not even again. <laughs> no, the the jump. I was I was nervous. Honestly, I was real nervous. Like, I knew that I could I could jump and get up, but it's times like that where you have to actually really prove yourself and show out. Like sometimes people, you know, they they do well beforehand, and then it's yeah. time to show, and then all of a sudden it's like, what happened? 
So I was still nervous. Um, it was like competing against myself pretty much against yeah. what I already know I could do, but it was my first time I ever did a combine or anything like that. So I was already so nervous. You didn't have a combine with anybody else, right? Like Mm-mm. this was just you, the, your coach sent an email to to Todd and Drew and said, Hey, you got to check this guy out in Oregon who's been playing sevens. Cause you hadn't played 15s, right? No, just in college, but that wasn't, it was, it was a small, like a small school league. Yeah. But so, so, so very yeah. little 15s experience and you're like sevens. Okay. This guy's going to be a standout. And that's, it's, I tell you what, that's, I'm, I'm glad that Todd and Drew took a chance and brought you on. So, I mean, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> but you know, so, so here, so here we are getting ready to start the 2020 season. You have a, you have a, you're a professional athlete then, you know, what walk me through that first game uh, going through to, to Toronto or coming, having Toronto come down and getting ready to go out into, well, so you started with the herd and then it all switched over like yeah. bang, 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 as a lot of people did. But what's, what's it like to, you know, know, think that you're going to be playing for one team with one ownership and then obviously instantly get changed whole, whole stadium gets moved or, you know, we get moved to a new stadium and then you run out for your first ever game against Toronto. Who's this? Man, they a solid team last year. Yeah. Oh yeah. They leading up to that, it was so it didn't it didn't hit me until I was on the field after that kickoff and we made contact. Yeah. I think we started off with the game, they kicked it, and then the ball just ended up ball bounced and they scored. <laughs> yeah. Three minutes. I think it was three yeah. minutes into the match. Oh. <laughs> and, so, and so after that, I was like, all right, we're actually playing like playing. Yeah. But leading up to before the game, like in practices and stuff, I was, I was honestly still on the, the sideline. I was watching and learning still and getting yelled at (laughs) (laughs) learning my position and job. So I I still had a lot to take in. I mean, being in this league with like, obviously people that played when, when they were young and me just joining now, I had a lot to catch up on. So I was just constantly getting yelled at and, but it was good. Yeah. It was, well, it's, it, it was, I, honestly, it didn't take long for you to make start really making your impact. And, you know, the second week of the season against Rooney, you scored a try, you multiple tackles. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, you're literally for the entire shortened season, you were the number one target in the line out. You know, I think I forget how many. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forget how many I had it up here. Uh, 19, <laughs> 19 total uh, targets, four steals. Like, I guess it helps when you have a 38 inch vertical and then <laughs> forwards just go. All right. We'll just lift them up like a couple inches here. Um, yeah, but but walk us through that Rooney game, right? Like where I, I feel you really started to shine, especially with the breakaway run that you had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, on that try, it was actually a play that we had inserted that, um, that week actually, oh, just wow. because we saw how kind of like their line out was mm-hmm. and see how they, they line up. Um, yeah, we installed it with Lino and he ended up taking it and it was just me supporting Lino. Um, but it was supposed to be like eight hit the seven yeah. or eight hit the six, just depending on what, what, um, position I played that at that time. But it was just a fastball because we read that one of their their fly half and uh, their center, they like to drift. So we ended up shooting back inside, which is what Lino did. And I just had to follow him because if they picked him up, the guy would have left a hole open for me, which 
worked out because that's exactly what happened. Because <laughs> that's what happened. The whole <laughs> offload and, and score. Uh, but yeah. it, it's not like it was just like a five meter try. Like, you, man, you you were, it was a, long, it was a good long run they had there. So. But, you know, I, I guess people saw saw that spark and then people started talking about, oh, wow, you know, you were part of the, one of the players of the week. Uh, I think it was that week, if I remember correctly. Um, if not, it was one of the close weeks in there. Mm. Um, you know, one of the players of the week at the position, um, there's people starting to rumble. There was, I think there was articles on MLR about <laughs> you and kind of your journey. And I think that's important for MLR in general is the stories. Mm. Like, you got a pretty good story. Like, you know, you think about like all the Disney movies and stuff where it's like <laughs> this nobody pitcher comes out of nowhere and you know he has you know two kids and now he's playing professional right. sports like it's <laughs> you know obviously you know no, the kids stuff but you know you're you go to a combine you come out what are some of the what do you think you know if you're looking out and talking to other athletes uh, who mm-hmm. uh, you know maybe play d2 football that don't have the experience of rugby to get out there um what do you kind of say to those people now knowing that it it can happen, right? Oh yeah. Um, I would say honestly, just like the training, just keep on training and the mindset, my mindset and my goal was to make the team Mm -hmm. to, to become a professional athlete, even if it means starting from a club team and working my way up, which I believe was supposed to happen, but things change instantly. Instantly. Um, yeah. Were, were you, but, were you, were you slated to play with one of the, uh, the local teams before basically making your way into the yeah. starting lineup and mind you playing all 80 minutes for every single game that we had, <laughs> you're talking about training. Come on, man. Like the- yeah. <laughs> Cause training for, for rugby is definitely way different oh, yeah. and harder than, than football. Um, you know, football, we run a couple hundreds and, and some other stuff, but, but that, it's, that's it's, it. It's short, it's short burst intervals. Like it's high, it's high impact, short burst intervals. Right. Yeah, B- basically it's like four, four to six seconds of play. And then you yeah. have like a minute rest. Yeah. And so <laughs> that's unheard of in <laughs> a rugby. In the, yeah. But honestly, it's just setting, setting that goal. And then just is, instead of changing, um, just change, tweak some stuff from football to rugby and just being more knowledgeable. Yeah. Um, reading and just watching, watching YouTube and obviously podcasts like this and just <laughs> learning from others. Podcasts like this. <laughs> We're not instructing people on anything really. Like, come on, man. <laughs> no, but I, I, I listened to uh-huh. a couple podcasts back in the day, watch YouTube and just watch a couple games at the point. I didn't, I didn't understand like the rugby formations channels yeah. and all this, and I'm still learning, but uh, coach Tyson uh, my sevens coach helped me a lot and understanding the game. And then obviously when heard AKA good gronies <laughs> at the time, um, just put me in and just let yeah. me learn like on the fly. Trial by fire. Right. Yeah. I, th- I think you did. All right. Yeah, I was going to throw it out there. <laughs> so they say if I mess up, mess up a hundred percent. Yeah. So. Right. If you're going to mess up, that's right. So Happened I, a lot. you know, obviously and you talk about your coach, you know, coach Tyson and stuff, but now two new coaches, coach Harris, you know, uh, coach Gerard, um, you know, two very influential coaches and players in the Australia, in Australia and in the world of rugby mm-hmm. for all that matter. What's it been like to have them 
you know, uh, to learn from them so far. Like I know everything has been kind of virtual distance because of COVID and everything. Um, talk to us about kind of that. I know we, we heard them talk about building the family, right? Mm-hmm. So what's that been like for you as far as building the family and building that cohesive unit, getting ready to go into, you know, everybody's coming into training, I believe for uh, next week or here in the next week or so. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's been awesome. We had um, our one-on-ones and then we always have uh, zoom meetings. Yep. So all, we're always just connecting every, I think it's every other Thursday we connect, but we still have group chats um, that we stay connected in, but it's awesome because in our zoom our zoom meetings, we, uh, we have like presentations talk about like our life in rugby outside of rugby. Hmm. So just yesterday I actually had my presentation. Oh, okay. (laughs) What'd what'd you present on? I just presented, it's just like people that inspired me, why I do it. Um, how did I come up on rugby? And just like I was telling you on the, the D one, if it wasn't for from my boy saying he's a D1 athlete, I probably would have never tried road dance. So he's a D1 well. athlete and you're not. <laughs> yeah. So, and we were roommates too at Ooh, the time wow. in, in the dorms. So, yeah. So, we're just like, man, we can't have this going on in the house. So, 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 so are you now telling him I'm a professional athlete and you're not? Like, are you trying to brag on him now? <laughs> <laughs> nah. Or is, or, just, is, or is he a professional athlete somewhere else that we don't know about? <laughs> No, he back home in Hawaii. <laughs> oh man, oh, okay, C- could be worse. Yeah. yeah. So you did, you did, but you know, you didn't present to the team about your love of fishing and you know some of the fish you caught. Because if people follow you on social media, uh, you know <laughs> they do know that you are a fisherman uh, and and do enjoy a good seafood. I guess being in Oregon, there is always yeah. good seafood up there. So so no, I love no the fish. Outdoors. That's that's like that's my peace. That's, yeah. That's where I get to relax and just clear everything out. Nice. So it's been, you know, we're, we're coming up on the beginning of the season. It's been crazy. I mean, we all know it's been, COVID has been insane. You guys have your pods and stuff that you, you know, quarantining, making sure that we stay safe and everything. Give me kind of your outlook for, for 2021 and what your goals are and what you aspire for your team goals to be. Yeah. um, Some of my goals is to, learn the game even more from from the players that we have now mm-hmm. um our teammates and then especially our coaches just keep on learning as much as i can um, to build it off from last year um since i have from what i learned last year and the intensity and and just playing in the games i know personally now what i have to do to to become you know one of those top athletes to to perform at that high at that high level mm-hmm. so training, um, switch up my training. And then, uh, we got our strength and conditioning coach ST who, who is, his program is crazy. And by so by, by the way, we don't, we don't know who he is as a, as the Austin fan base. He has not been announced. <laughs> so just don't throw, don't throw a name out there just in case you get in trouble for that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But he, he I don't, I don't program. think it's going to matter, <laughs> <laughs> but it, he, he has changed the program a lot for us. Um, nice. especially me with one, one, even though it was 80 minutes plus last, uh, last year, a game, I was still, still tired and so I had to dig deep, but well, I think, I think everybody has to <laughs> after 80 minutes. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, unless but, you're Brendan Rams. I think, I think Rams <laughs> can go for 180 minutes and still have enough energy for the rest of the team. 
So yeah, Rams still going after the game. So <laughs> Rams, but. Yeah, just some goals is just building off last year, learning yeah. from everyone and just, you know, being open-minded to everything. Just like last year, it was super, super humbling um, from everyone, from Todd, from Drew and, and Coach Brent. So I just hope to build off from from last year and develop my game. Nice. And then obviously there's a bit more competition this year. We talked about it. I highlighted it earlier in the podcast <laughs> there. It's not just like, Hey, there's like three guys and I'm just going to rotate it, You've got you, you've got the other Dom and, and Dominique Bailey. You've got mm-hmm. Mo, your, your roommate. Uh, you've got Michael DeWall. You've got McLean Jones. And so that's five. I, am I missing anybody? Yeah, there's a few others. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. But- <laughs> <laughs> but you can't, you yeah, can't, that, you can't say man he almost, he almost <laughs> he, he's good like he's you know for interview he, he didn't blow it <laughs> but yeah so those are the five that that are that are publicly known uh but there are, are a few others <laughs> yeah so that's just gonna make everything better make each other better too so and it's good to have that depth right like having yeah. depth going in there so <laughs> so you don't have to play 80 minutes every single game because you know, the human body can't hold up to that, right? Not even the top, top, you know, World Cup athletes play 80 minutes every single game. And actually that Vegas, when we was in Vegas against um, Rooney, I actually sprained my MCO or sprained meniscus, oh, I wow. believe. Uh, yeah, that, that field was terrible. Was tough. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. We so, know. <laughs> and I think that was our last, the last people to play on the field was us. They said before they take it down mm, the whole stadium. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's unfortunate. I, I, I heard story, horror stories about that, but so, well, so, you know, as, as we kind of wrap up, wrap up here, we've got 2021. What, where, where are the AGs going to be at the end of the season? Going to hold that shield up. <laughs> number one, number one baby. <laughs> <laughs> you got that nice gotta love that but you know what's the what's kind of some you know final things you want to say any shout outs to family members or anything what are you uh, what are you looking forward what's the one thing you're looking forward to this season as well i'm looking forward to just just uh being on the pitch with the boys new family um haven't met all of them yet just through zoom meetings so mm-hmm. i can't wait to actually be together and and learn from each other especially learn from them since they're coming from all different places of the road so everywhere yeah so that's gonna be awesome and then being coach um from our new coaches uh coach sam and coach coach gerard so that's gonna be fun and um yeah i just can't wait it's that whole quarantine, like that's why I was hunting and fishing and all that stuff. Lucky you to take my mind, to take my mind <laughs> off of all these things. But I'm glad to be back finally, uh, training with the boys. And then, yeah, I do want to give a shout out to my family back in Oregon and Hawaii. Uh, my grandma Alice, my brothers Des, Duke, and DJ. It's my big inspirations right there. My roommates and my lady Tava'e. Tossie, um, Trevor, and then especially the help from my coach, Coach Tyson, uh, helped me a lot to get here, honestly. Without his help, it would have been tough. Um, and then my Motown, my Motown boys, Monmouth, still there. That's where Western Oregon's located at, small town. Yeah. 
but yeah, just want to give them a shout out. You know, they all, they all push me to, to be where I'm at too. Yeah. So that's awesome. Thank well, you for everyone. <laughs> there you go. We'll, we'll have, to, have to make sure they share this on all of the, so, all the social media <laughs> channels. We'll, we'll put the link up there. We'll tag you in it and then everybody can see all the great things you're doing. Dom, we're really looking forward to 2021. Uh, looking forward to having you back. Looking forward to the battle at uh, and the loose forwards to see who's gonna wear those that mm. that, <laughs> that six seven eight right like because yeah. who knows I I talked about that I I don't see any problem with putting you at eight um so <laughs> I'll, I'll throw it out there Coach Harris if you're listening Dom I think Dom can play eight I think it's Dom right there so. <laughs> I didn't say anything, coach. I know. I know, I know. <laughs> hey, I appreciate it, man. Good, good talking to you. We look forward to everything coming up on this season. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Dustin. Appreciate, appreciate it. it. Gotta thank Mason. Got to thank Dom. Sorry for connection issues and technical difficulties that we do have. But hey, man, that's that's recording a podcast and doing a video version of it as well in in modern times. Like we, we don't have it. I'd love to meet with them in person and just film them that way. But fortunately, we can't do that right now. It's all the time we have for on this podcast. I hope you've enjoyed watching or list and or listening. Well, obviously, you're listening it. But if you're watching. How you doing? Please remember to like or subscribe on our Facebook channel, on our Instagram, Austin Rugby Supporters. Uh, that's our handle on there. Um, if you're on YouTube, like and subscribe, man. We want to continue to bolster that. We really appreciate it. Of course, if you can't get enough Austin or Texas rugby news from everything in the rugby community in Texas, tune into Texas Rugby Monthly with Rick Collins, Grant Cole, and myself as we only talk Texas rugby. If you're listening to this, we just had the January edition drop for you all. So that's uh, that was an exciting one because, well, the Dallas Jackals. We'll talk more about that another time. Make sure you follow us on every channel that you can for the latest episodes. Hey, you're listening. You've got it tuned into your dial on your Spotify, on your iTunes, on your Pandora. We appreciate it. It's good to see everybody once again. Thanks for your time. I look forward to bringing you more for the 2020 MLR season and hopefully more news and everything going around the Austin rugby community. Stay safe out there, my friends. Always a pleasure. My name is Dustin. We'll see you on the pitch.